Welcome to episode 192 of the All the Books Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. And sometimes, really old books that yeah. maybe stood the test of time. That's true. Maybe have won Nick's childlike heart over maybe again and again. Maybe they have. Maybe something Disney yep. has apparently shown a great love for. Have they? We'll talk more about it. I guess they've done it a couple times. All right. I'm Eric Michaels. I'm Nick Gunning. And later, uh, Jessica Weisscheck is going to be joining us when we talk about Treasure Island, which is our yeah. theme for the week. We're having yeah. a special uh, theatrical event here at the David A. Howe Public Library on May 4th. Mm-hmm. Uh, a two-person rendition of Treasure Island. They have a really cool setup, so I hope you can come and join us for that. If you're local, mm. if not... Uh, they travel all around the country. So look, <laughs> Hampstead Theater yeah. Company is what they are. So you can check them out mm. other places as well. But uh, neither Erica nor Jess nor I had ever read Treasure Island. Did so. you call me Erica or did you say Eric? Uh, I said Eric or Jess. I, I heard uh. Huh. I didn't call you Erica. Okay. But you anyway, know, I wouldn't mind. None of us have read Treasure Island. So yeah. now we've remedied that. And we're going to yeah. chat about it a little bit later. Eric also, is one of those names. <laughs> where if, no, no, on. please. Go on. <laughs> We're also going to be talking about some anyway. literary awards, yeah. including the Edgars, which oh. were announced uh, last week, and the shortlist mm-hmm. for the Women's Prize, which was just announced as we record yesterday. So we'll give Sweet. you some we'll give you some highlights on that coming up. Also, yeah, please rate, review, and subscribe Absolutely. to this podcast Absolutely. at YouTube, SoundCloud. We're on Spotify now, yeah. uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. It, we, every piece of review and rating we get a helps lot of, us. It does. We get a lot of nice feedback on social media and other places, yeah. but our reviews online are shockingly low. So if you want to help us out, yeah. just Nick's take a minute. being a little bit too honest there. <laughs> take a minute. No, no. no. <laughs> take a minute. Just write a quick review. It's, yeah. it's the most effective way to get other people to, yeah. to find us. So yeah. we appreciate the help. So thank yeah. you very much. If, if nobody listens to this podcast, we get, we get fired and then we're on the street yeah. and then we're doing a street podcast. Street podcast. No, that's yeah. not so bad. That's not. No. All the books right. on the street? Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it's a big microphone. Yeah. <laughs> we talk, you're like, what are you reading? Yeah. It's just one of those dollar hey. store microphone that echoes. Let's. <laughs> okay, that's dumb, but let's do oh. this anyway. You want to do an, uh, a man on the street? Yeah, we just walk through New York City and ask people what they're you reading. You know, if you haven't listened to our travelogue episode of, that we went all over Seattle, Jeez, I was yeah. really... Eric did a good job of putting that episode together. Thanks, I enjoyed that one a lot. So go back and check that out. What episode is that? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's prepared. You're looking it up right now. I was going to, but okay. I, I well, thought you were going to keep talking. But, about what? Uh, let's go ahead and do the old bookmarks, Okay, everybody. Bookmark. So let's open it up. Bookmark. All right. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Because you're always so sad when you don't go first. Am I? No. Oh, okay. I made that up. Well, uh... This is, as we record, it's the last day of National Poetry Month. So uh, for oh. my last little Longest month corner, of my life. No, I'm fine. Uh, I read a collection called Coins and Coffins. Hmm. We've had this, we have this in a collection of this author's work uh, in a set called Trilogy. And it's three of her short books together. Um, and I've always been intrigued by that. I've always wanted to read it. So I picked it up and I read the first in the collection. And again, that's Coins and Coffins. And let me tell you, this was kind of... I don't know. Spooky is not quite the word, but it was very atmospheric. Let's go with it anyway. You know, like you, you read the poems and I, I'd finish them and be like, huh, I, I'm not exactly sure what that means, but mm. I'm feeling things. You know what I mean? Like it put me in a very like, whoa, kind of, you know, like <laughs> that's, that. that's how, that's what yeah. happens when you're feeling things. You go, wow. Well, it was, <laughs> <laughs> not like Christopher Walken, just, you know, it was like, whoa, I'm feeling things. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Sorry. That actually, that was Eric. Not yeah. Actual, that Christopher Walken didn't just not, stop it. He's not here, but I think he says yes to everything, so he might. That's true. I heard he only says no to a project if it uh, conflicts with another project he's doing. Interesting. So you just got to get there first. Yeah. So we could ask him to do this podcast and say like 2025. Yeah. He's probably not booked. But, yeah. Booked. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here are some things that I read. I'm going to start first with the graphic novels. And you just they, said the thing you read: coins and coffins. Yeah, but that was my poetry corner. <laughs> That's right, Uncle Nick's Poetry Corner. Yeah. Here are the graphic novels that I read. I read Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with art by my old high school friend, Chad Thomas. Hello, Chad. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Do you not find that wild? Uh, I do. I do. I sent him a note on Twitter, and I was like, hey, mm-hmm. I love this book. It looks great. And he's like, thanks, man. Wow. That's, that's all. That's fun. I don't have any friends in the comic industry. Oh, sorry. None. I mean, you, you met Steve Englehart. Steve Englehart, yeah. And Elliot S. Magan, who's on the show. And we talked to Elliot S. Magan, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, anyway, Joe Haldeman did some comics. That's true. Forever so. War. He was working on Forever Free, where yeah. they just finished it. And I met Frank Thierry. I did. I think I said his name wrong. 
Anyway, this is an adaptation of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle show that's on Nickelodeon. Do you like the character design of these turtles? I think that it works really well in the uh-huh. show. For the tone of the show, it worked well. It didn't... I don't think it adapted... I think the look was good, but I mm-hmm. don't think that the story adapted to the page as well as the... Sh- like, it just didn't work as well because mm-hmm. so much of it is the charm and the timing and the interplay. And so you don't really get that in print. But it was okay. still... You know, it was decent. It was not bad. Uh, let's see. What else did I do? Oh, I finished uh, the IDW Star Trek series with Star Trek Boldly Go Volume 3. Mm. So this was preceded by a 13-volume... Yes, it was. Uh, Star Trek, uh, just a weekly comic. And then they sort of rebooted after Star Trek Beyond, and we got three volumes of this. And I'm sad to say that this was not a good end to mm. the series. So It's not your Star Trek Beyond of the comic series. No, it was kind of sad. Hey, I'll let you know this, though, because you love hearing this. Yeah. I saw somebody today over at our comics just scrolling through all the Star Treks. Yes. He picked up the Peter David collection. What yeah, we that's a good one. So That's a good one. There you go. Uh, for more on Star Trek, you can go to our uh, Star Trek Spotlight, All the Books Beyond, which is episode 48. <sighs> yeah. You can find it at soundcloud.com slash all the books. Did we talk about Star Trek? And all the others. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of our highest rated episodes mr whiny pants over here i'm not a whiny pants you i are. wear khakis you have wine pants <laughs> anyway so yeah. i'm kind of sad to finish that series because that's 16 volumes and mm. it's all gone there's some there's some more idw stuff that i haven't read but that's probably it for the chris pine era stories of the chris pine era maybe i think so maybe i think we, it is we, <laughs> i haven't read the we have the ya series which i'm surprised you bought uh, I didn't that I ha- oh I bought that yes, without you bought it for without the, your you, blessing that, it's fine that's right it's that's, fine that's an abuse of power that's shameful <laughs> uh, anyway I haven't read those but this was not a great ending but the original series that we have down here uh, thirteen volume set is very good so check it out finally for graphic novels I read Universe's Finest and this was a Batman Superman the end of the New Fifty Two era pretty good space story with uh, why can't I remember his name the main man Superman Lobo. It's a Lobo story, but it was actually pretty good. Oh, I like Lobo. I know you do. Oh. Here are some books I've read. Uh, the, oh, there I did it again. The uh, boy. Yeah. Do you want to start editing the podcast again so I don't, <laughs> sound, so I don't sound like an ape? <laughs> anyway, I finished Infinite Tuesday by Michael Nesmith. And, I mean, if you haven't listened to the Michael Nesmith interview, that was just recent. So go back and listen to it. That's true. Good we times. just talked to them. Oh, good times. Hey, like, like the, the Monkey's Album. The Monkey's Album yeah. by Michael Nesmith. Anyway, wow. Infinite you Tuesday not is, into that. <laughs> is his autobiography. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I love the way it's written, but I don't feel like the story ever quite gets as deep enough. You know, it really... I didn't expect him to talk a ton about the monkeys, but boy, he made that come true because he does not talk about the monkeys very much. Uh, Nothing about their relationships. Does or, he hate the monkeys? No, he doesn't hate the monkeys. I think he just always kind of viewed it as like a job and, mm. you know, oh, enjoyed sure. them, but yeah. wasn't really like, you know, where his yeah. center was, which is totally yeah. fine. Yeah, when people but ask I still me, wanted to hear more about it. When people ask me about Nick, I usually say, oh, that's just a lamp from work. I tell people you're a lamp I have you at work. I tell people I'm a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If I understood that, I'd be hurt by it, but I don't. <laughs> I read Infinite Tuesday, and if you're a Nesmith oh, fan, boy. if you're a Nesmith fan, you're probably going to enjoy it. And I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but it was not as yeah. good as I hoped that it would be. You gotta just because it didn't focus on what I wanted it to focus on, and even mm-hmm. the solo stuff, I would have liked to have been more about like here's this album, here's what we did with this album, but right. it really wasn't. It was a little, little broader than I wanted. With um. Yes. When when people talk politics, usually they have to give like each candidate equal time. Yeah. Do you now have to go read the Mickey Dolans? Hey, autobio? you know what? It's right there on my shelf. Is it? It's right up <laughs> there. Go. I got it. Yep. Uh, and then finally, I read Crisis on Centaurus by Brad Ferguson. It's a Star Trek book. Uh, and this is for my uh, book club of the future. This is not a library book club that we do, but just one I do with some friends. We alternate between Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, we're finishing Crisis on Centaurus, and we're going to be reading the new Padme book from Disney. Nice. Uh, who wrote that? Do you remember? Same no. one who wrote the Ahsoka book. No. Okay. Not, it's called, oh, yeah. It starts with a J. Okay. It's called <laughs> Queen Shadow, so we're going to be reading that next. It's new in our YA section, yeah. although all the copies are currently checked out. So that... Yeah. Uh, that's a bit of a problem. Padme's big business these days. I guess she Do you is. remember? I was thinking about this today because I was playing a game where the princess has kind of like a head piece that yeah. uh, like Padme had. Yeah. Do you remember like what a big deal like Padme's fashion in Phantom Menace was like as a pop culture thing? Yeah. I don't know. We just kind of like seem to have like forgotten it. Yeah, I guess so. It was just such a... Just well, the maybe, this, maybe this book will bring it back. Okay. 
Uh, and then, I mean, this is, we probably ought to just cancel everything else so I can talk about Cher for the next 90 oh, minutes. Oh, boy. Because my Get wife ready, and everybody. I went to see Cher at the Key Bank Center uh-huh. for the Here We Go Again tour. Uh, a little background on, <laughs> on Cher. Cher. <laughs> okay. okay? Uh, I love Sonny and Cher as a kid, which is fine. Weird. I understand. That's but I fine. did. In high school, my mom, my friend Becca Gresley, and I tried to go see Cher. Shout out to Becca. With, hi, Becca. <laughs> with Cindy Lauper. We drove Whoa. all the way there, and it was a couple hours away. Uh-huh. We got all the way there. The guy at the gate was like, beat it. Cher's sick. Concert canceled, not rescheduled. Didn't see Cher for 20 years. But this past Friday, we did. And it was so much fun. We had great seats. She sang pretty much, you know what? What? She sang most of the things that you want, but she did not sing uh-huh. Gypsy's, Tramps, and Thieves. Oh, that's my favorite Cher song. Or Dark Lady. Uh-huh. Or Half-Breed, which makes sense. But like those those three are like her 70s mm-hmm. trifecta, you know, and she didn't do them, so I was mm-hmm. surprised. She did do three ABBA songs because of her right. new ABBA album, which I could sort of take or leave. But uh, Did she sing uh, Smoke on the Water by Deep no. Purple? No. Oh. Oh, you're just curious? Yeah. Okay. No, but she <laughs> sang Shoop Shoop song. She sang, uh, what's the one I told her? Walking in Memphis. She did Believe, uh, If I Could Turn Back Time. Uh-huh. She did a whole section of Sonny and Cher songs where uh-huh. there was like, Sonny was on the screen and she was singing live. It was great. I didn't uh, cry, but I did felt you it. cry? No, I didn't, but I felt it. I felt it. Uh, anyway, so that was great. So if you want to go see Cher, go ahead. And I, Do we have her new album? Do we have Here We Go? Yeah. The Mamma Mia? Yeah. Okay, cool. You can check out Cher's new album here at the David A. Howe Public Library. And I think that's going to do it for me. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Nick's. And I'm reading Battlefield Earth. That's it. And he's reading Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Is it bad? Uh, You know what, Eric? Uh Uh, We're going to have to talk about this more at a later date. But I have now read 450 pages of this book. (laughs) Okay. Which means I'm at the halfway point. And I really like it. Yeah. I really like it. And I I think that we need to talk about it. The cover something. It's got this guy with this crazy looking mask. Uh, and then maybe a guy who looks like a very blonde Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's Johnny Goodboy Tyler. <laughs> okay. That's the guy. Yeah. Boy. Turl is the villain. Right. Johnny Goodboy Tyler is the hero. Okay. Yeah. Nick hates Dune. I do hate Dune. But you know what? <laughs> I, what I'm liking about it is, it, you know, it's set on Earth, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they're stumbling across like old Earth ruins of uh-huh. things we recognize. I'm always a sucker for that. Right. It just it moves really well, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, I've like I said, I read 450 pages of this book. I'm not tired of it. Wow. I'm not bored. I'm not oh. like I gotta finish this thing. I'm yeah. just I'm just enjoying the ride. Well, and when you look into some of the reviews, mm-hmm. Robert Heinlein had nothing but good things to say. Right. Brandon Sanderson. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty well regarded book, and I feel like this movie came along and just yeah. decimated any respect people had for the book. Yeah. So all right, well, um, you did read it. You did finish another book. That I, I also finished. What was that? That was Artemis. Oh, God. Which is much shorter than oh, what you've read. God. And yet it felt like the longest book listen, in the history of the world. Listen, Artemis Look, is what? 300 pages? I'm going to give you an exact count right now. Please do. Artemis by Andy Weir. Wearing thin on my patience. Oh, gosh. There we go. Uh, 305 pages. 305 pages. And let me tell you, this book that like normally a book like that, what would you say? Two days? Yeah. This I was reading for literally for weeks. Yeah. And I just I had I couldn't do it. I had a third left maybe Thursday. Yeah. And I put it down. Yeah. And then I I just couldn't make myself get yeah, back to it. I know. And then yesterday I was like, okay, I gotta do this. And it felt like I read Treasure Island yeah. from cover to cover yeah. yesterday yeah. in one sitting. And I couldn't finish the last like hundred pages I, oh, yeah. of Artemis well, without again. 450 yeah. pages of Battlefield Earth, yeah. no problem. 300 I, of this. I oh. felt like I was just stretched all over my furniture just being like, I don't want to. I know. I feel exactly the same so. way. I mean, this is not the point of the episode, but we've both read this. So let's we talk about it. We both read The Martian. We read this because we are doing a sci-fi book club here we at the are. library. Last yep. month we did Caves of Steel. Yeah. Isaac and Asimov. This, this month we did uh, Andy Weir's Artemis because it's new. Yeah. Everybody loved The Martian. And that's part of the reason why we chose Artemis was because we figured anybody who'd be interested in the book club has likely read The Martian. Yeah. So Artemis might be a nice, you know, newer choice. But yeah. I just, I mean... It was bad. It was bad. The characters were bad. His writing is just bad in this. Yeah, In, in The Martian, he's stranded. He's by himself. So he doesn't have anybody to talk yeah. to. And in this book, the character has plenty of people to talk to. Well, and you kind of think maybe The Martian's good because... He didn't have right. to write dialogue. I, I think the setting of The Martian... I mean, there there were some scenes on Earth, so there was some light Ugh. dialogue. But like, I think with The Martian, 
all of the all of the tropes or the things that if you're if <laughs> not to be insulting, but like if if you're not a super skilled writer in that way, like yeah. you can't fall back on any yeah. of those things because there's just one man on Mars. Yeah. So like you have to have your research, you have to you have to set oh. it all down and do it. And so yeah. he accomplished that. And The Martian is an excellent book. If yeah. you haven't read the book, you should definitely read it. Yeah. It's absolutely worth it. But this one it just, I felt like it was very cliched. It was not an interesting heist novel. It was not an interesting sci-fi novel. It was very little of the yeah. science that made Martian cool. Yeah, in and it. The Martian, he's constantly talking about the science and the math, which is both his enemy and his friend in right. trying to survive. He's right. like, I only have this much protein, and yeah. this is only going to get me so far energy-wise. And in this, it's just like every now and then he sprinkles it on, but it's yeah. just, even now when he, he talks about it in this, it just feels like homework rather than yeah. interesting. And it's also, it feels like there's no stakes. Yeah, nothing. You know, it's really like... The book is marketed as a heist on the moon, which but is that is silly. over at the first third of the book, yeah. and then the rest is aimless. It is. So... Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. It's funny, because, like, I, I really... Like, I one-starred this, which I don't do very often. Right. And I got to the end of it, and I just... Like, it's a kind of book that it was just making me angry. Yeah. And I finished it, and was just like, I hate this. Yeah. And I feel like I have read books... <laughs> that were more yeah. poorly written that I liked better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this just I would only failed. suggest reading Artemis on the dark side of the moon where huh. there's no light for you to actually read it. If you're in a situation where you're stranded on an island or Mars and uh -huh. the only thing you have is a copy of Artemis and it's either go insane or read Artemis, uh -huh. really see if you can come up with an alternative. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kindling. Uh, but if you're if you're listening to this right this very second, come join us for the book club on, on April 30th. If not, stick around because next month we're going to be talking about uh, Neuromancer. Neuromancer by A George book Gibson. I did not like when I first read it. Oh no! What? Well, that's why I wanted to reread it oh, because no. I think I just didn't understand it. Okay. I think right. this time I'm going to go in like knowing I what it is. Not need to hear that right no. now. No, 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 All no. Right. So that's my bookmark. That was my after. bookmark too. Oh, that was your bookmark. Yeah. You finished your book. I finished Artemis. You finished Artemis and Treasure Island. Yes. Bookmark end. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah, I finished Treasure Island. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Sure will, when Jess joins us. I read, uh, I read a Street Fighter graphic novel called really? Street Fighter Volume 1, Round 1 Fight. Ooh. Round 1 Fight is what it was called. This is, um, man, I think they're Udon? U-D-O-N. How would you say that? I don't know. Anyway, that's the okay. graphic novel <laughs> company that puts these out. Um, they're retelling... I'm not familiar with them. They're they're telling the plot of the games, basically. This isn't like, you know, and the further adventures of the Street Fighters. This is... <laughs> uh, though I would definitely read and watch that show. Yep. Um, so this would. actually takes place before Street Fighter 2. Oh. And, so no uh, Cammy. No Cammy shows up at the end. Ah. Cammy... I didn't know this. I did not know this. Cammy used to be mind controlled by Bison. I thought she was like a clone of Bison. Maybe. I haven't got to the clone part oh, yet. Oh, sorry. But Cammy used to work for Bison for Shadowloo, and she killed Chun Li's father. Yeah. Blew my mind. Yeah, he just did a hand thing around his head to make it look like his head exploded. Yeah. So I just found. But then uh, one of the other characters erased her memory and gave her a new life, and now she's Cammy, Interpol agent. Oh, so, so she's good now. Yeah. Ken. Kylie Minogue, call your agent. Ken has a super cool fight with Vega. And to give you an idea of like why I like this comic so much, all, okay. all they have to do is use their moves from the game, and I smile. Like, Ken uses his uh, his spinning kick move against Vega and uh -huh. kicks him right out a window of a high-rise apartment building. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> take that, Vega. Uh, so it's a good time. Yeah. Akuma shows up to fight Ryu, so that's good stuff. Uh, is there, and she's like, "Will you train me, Ryu?" I don't know who that is. Sakura, she's the uh, she's a younger girl who, uh, who has Ryu's kind of fighting style in the games. She's cool. Anyway, oh, and Chen Li shows up, and she also and like one of the characters is like, oh, "I'm out of here," and tries to turn the corner, and all of a sudden you just see a bunch of feet, and she's like, boof, 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 boof. Uh, "It's Chen Li kicking nice. him." Nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep reading this. My sister got me the hardcover uh, Street Fighter Classic Volume One, wow, which like has Christmas? the first ten. Uh, yeah, it was a late Christmas present, but it's the first 10 of these. So, I don't know. You're probably only like these if you like Street Fighter. Yeah, I like Street Fighter. All right. I'm starting. I haven't opened it yet, but I'm starting. Now that I finished a bunch of books I don't want to read, uh -huh. I'm reading The Consuming Fire by John Scalzi, which is the second book oh. in his new series. Um, I can't remember what the series calls, but the first one was uh, The Collapsing Empire. 
That's it. I, I haven't read that. I haven't read any of his. I've had no. Old Man War forever, and I want to yeah. read it. Wasn't it a gift? Didn't I gift it to you? No, I don't think so. Okay. Are you just saying that because I did? No, no. All right. I remember uh, buying it at Savers. Nick, yes. back in episode okay. 168, yes. we did a Super NES versus Genesis. Oh, we sure did. And the one thing we couldn't compare between Nintendo and Sega yeah. was movies. Yeah. Because Nintendo had only done the Super Mario Brothers movie. Sure. And Sega had done nothing. Right. Sonic the Hedgehog just got a trailer today. Yeah. And you watched it. It You're was. a longtime Sega and Sonic fan and Jim Carrey fan. Yeah. Jim Carrey playing Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. So. Look, <laughs> I, Jim Carrey didn't do anything in that that didn't make me laugh. Okay. So I was, yeah. Jim Carrey had my number for that. Uh-huh. But I don't know what executive yeah. or what, like, what person with any kind of authority mm-hmm. saw that Sonic character design and was like, yeah, yeah. let's go with that. Skinnier legs if you could. Oh. Skinnier, more feminine legs. Oh, uh, he's he's like he he looks like a, a very thin man in a baseball mascot yeah, costume he does. with the big he oversized does. head. He does. He absolutely does. It is the worst design. Yeah. So yeah. And people have noticed he has human teeth. Huh. Like just human flat teeth right. in his mouth. But yeah, there's a scene where he like stretches his legs by pulling them back, and yeah. it's just like oh yeah, it looks gross. It's it is gross. It he's just gross. and he doesn't have gloves. Right. His paws are white. Yeah. But he wears sneakers. So anyway, That's weird. and it's all to the soundtrack of Gangster's Paradise, but it's the first time I've ever been annoyed by that beat. Yeah. And I was just like, what the, how did they do this? They made Gangster's so, Paradise annoying. There's a Fitbit comment. Yeah. There's a child abduction joke. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> with yeah. James Marston. Yeah. Poor James Marston. Guy yeah, cannot weird. catch a break. As someone as handsome as James Marston, yeah. he should at least get a break. He should at least get an agent. I would say. <laughs> I mean, someone's got to read these scripts because yeah. a man can't choose a movie. Yeah, Wolverine t- stole his agent I as well. Guess he did, yeah. Stole his girl, stole Look his agent. Out. <laughs> so, All right. what's the last time you remember seeing James Marsden something like, oh, that was good? Is it hairspray? That commercial that he did? What? Maybe it's that theatrical commercial where it's like a interstellar type space thing and he goes out for Skittles or something? I don't, did you not see no. this? Oh, you got to look it oh, up. It's all funny. Right. Well, James Marsden. Just do the Skittles thing, yeah, on but more. Of, yeah, more Skittles. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Poor Sonic. Yeah. Poor Sonic fans. Yeah. So. I know. I'm hurting. Your son's going to want to see this, too, because he likes Sonic he now, does. right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Super Mickey. There's Yeah, Super Mickey. There's no Tails yeah. in there, which well, is a bummer. something for the sequel. I can't imagine the horrifying look of hey, Tails. Hey, you know what? what? That might actually be considered a squeakquel. Oh, that might gun. be a case where it is all a right. squeakquel. What are, we ta- what are we talking about now? I can't do it's this. It's book news. All right. It's book news. Do you want to... You know what? Let's do the awards first. Let's do the awards. Okay. All right. Roll it. Nick and Eric the All right. Rolled. So first, uh, the Women's Prize for Fiction, the shortlist has been announced. Now, the actual prize won't be announced until June 5th, so you'll have plenty of time to read these. Several of these we already have in our collection, and we can certainly get the rest of them. And here they are. Oh, okay. So the Edgar Awards. Uh, do you want to explain what the Edgar Awards are? No, I'm saying the Women's Prize for Fiction, the shortlist. Oh, that's where we are. Sorry, everybody. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> I was getting they, the Edgar Awards I out. I know you were. I know you I'm were. sorry. Ordinary People by Diana Evans. Okay. My Sister, the Serial Killer by Oinika. Oh, the bottom's cut off. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I can't read the rest of it. Uh, My Sister, the Serial Killer. Mm. Milkman by Anna Burns. Now, this just won the Man Booker Prize last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Milkman. Yep. Did you read that? No, I didn't. But I did read An American Marriage by Tiari Jones, which oh. was excellent. Mm. I reached out to her people to see if she could do an interview with us, but she's not doing interviews right now. So we'll try again later. That was an excellent book. If you haven't read it, I would recommend it. Okay. Uh, the Silence of the Girls. I can't quite make out the author. Pat Barker, it looks like. Pat Benatar? Not Pat Benatar. That's too bad. Uh, and Circe by Madeline Miller, the book that just keeps popping up. Yeah. That confuses me. Maybe people are buying it thinking it's a book about the character Circe from Game of Thrones. Hmm, maybe. She's Maybe. bad news. Anyway, you can follow the Women's Prize for Fiction on Twitter, or you can go to their website, womenprizeforfiction.co.uk, and we will have the winners for you in June. All right. Now, the Edgar Awards. Edgar Award winners. The Edgar Awards are announced annually, and they are they focus on mysteries and thrillers. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a pretty... I don't know. I don't know. Some of these make perfect <laughs> sense to me, and others don't. Nick just so got real sad I, real fast. No, I, I didn't. Um, do you want to... Let's, let's start... 
let's start towards the bottom of this list. All right. Oh. So okay. you want to go from the top? top no, let's top, do top, no. Okay. Let's do whatever you just said. Okay. So uh, there's a new award this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the GP Putnam Sons Putnam Sons Sue Grafton Memorial Award. Yay! The winner for the first inaugural award here is Sarah Paretsky's Shell Game, mm-hmm. which was published by HarperCollins. That's what some people call Super Mario Brothers. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, you, you know, shell. Yeah, because of the, the shells. Tur- yeah, the turtle shells. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> when does the red ones chase you? When is that? What? That's only. When does that start? Number three. The red shells yeah, chase you. Yeah, the red you? shells are different. Mario Kart. But it, it, aren't they different in the games too? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, the Mary Higgins Clark Award. The red this, shells they keep bouncing back and it. forth. Yes. The green ones hit something and they're and gone. They pop. Yeah. The red ones, yeah. Anyway, the Mary Higgins Clark Award. This is funny. These are these <laughs> are given to uh, uh, winners who are who follow sort of the Mary Higgins Clark philosophy of it has to be like a strong woman doing her own thing. Uh, they can't be drunk, overly violent, or oh. like crude or anything like mm-hmm. that. Uh, so the winner this year was the Widows of Malabar Hill by Sujata Masi. Okay. Malabar Hill. Uh, let me That's see here. where I want to be. Oh, do you want to talk about the, the YA me, and the uh, Best me, Juvenile Awards? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wanted to keep doing my Beverly Hills parody. I wanted you to as well. But I guess that was just me. Yep. All right. So we're talking uh, Young Adult. Yep. So the Young Adult winner this year is another... Oh, Contagion was up. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are supposed to be mysteries? They are, yeah. I guess Contagion's like a sci-fi yeah. mystery. Now, this Contagion was featured on one of our sexy new book clubs. And then yeah, you, you and then I read it, yeah. Well. Contagion by Aaron Bowman. Did yeah. not win. No. But was in the The finals. winner is another award winner, though. Yes. Sadie by Courtney Summers. I just won many things. I know it won the Audiobook Award, but I think it won Boy, a few Nick others Nick has as well. a sour face when he's talking about the Audiobook Award. <laughs> it's like somebody just poured lemon into his no. eyes stop and he it. made him sad. <laughs> just stop it. And he turned into a goldfish. No, I didn't. A guppy? Stop. Who has the sad face? <laughs> catfish. Of a fish? Yeah. Catfish looks sad. Okay. Yeah, he has do. a catfish face. Um, best yeah, Juvenile. Best Juvenile is The Other Wood by Peter Hotman. So... Props to Eric Mickles over here because we hey. already had these in the collection. Yeah. Well, we, were, we were on top of it. And Contagion. We were on top of it. Yeah, that's true. So. All right. The best critical or biographical book was Classic American Crime Fiction of the 1920s by Leslie S. Klinger. So this was like an anthology of classic American crime fiction. It would have to be, yeah. From the 20s. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> best crime fact. Tinderbox. Ooh. The Untold Story of the Upstairs Lounge Fire and the Rise of Gay Liberation by Robert F. Or sorry, Robert W. Feisler. Best paperback original, Allison Galen's "If I Die Tonight." Oh, jeez! Which, oddly enough, <laughs> ah, sorry, that was so scary. We have in hardcover, so I'm not right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. But know it won the paperback happened. award. I know, it won the paperback award. That's what I'm maybe saying. that's a special library binding. Yeah, it must be. Or it looks like maybe it's a book club edition. But okay. Anyway, if I die tonight, what? Bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Allison Galen. Yeah. Best first. Every night novel. before I go to bed, I tell my wife, "If I die tonight." Burn my comics. Burn your burn yeah. them. I don't want anyone can else. Can I have them? No, no oh. one else can have them. Okay. Do you know how many X Men comics I have? Uh, how much joy is in there? Mm. It's mine. Okay. Best first novel. So surprisingly, "Where the Crawdads Sing" by Delia Owens was not selected as a winner. Mm. Sometimes, but. sometimes the big runaway ones are the ones that take it. Uh, mm-hmm. The Last Equation of Isaac Severy by Nova Jacobs was a popular one here, mm. and my wife loved it. Uh, also, did not win. So sorry. Ooh. My the winner was oh, my there. what? <laughs> <laughs> you were going to talk about where the crawdads sing. Go ahead. My wife just finished where the crawdads sing and, and loved it. Loved it. Oh, yes. Nice. Okay. I think she gave it five stars. Well, she, she said it was very emotional at times, uh-huh. which I didn't realize it was that type yeah. of book. And she, yeah, she just loved like every part of it. Huh. So yeah, well, I, I think I sold this before, but I had the audiobook on hold, and mm-hmm. then I didn't have time to do it, so I put it back, <laughs> got back on hold, and was yeah. number eighty on the list. Yeah. So. Never going to see that. But right, the, the winner, winner was Bearskin by James yeah. McLaughlin. And finally... Oh, and it got a blurb from C.J. Box on ooh, the cover. C.J. Box, the man himself. Best novel. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you all the nominees for this one. The Liar's Girl by Catherine Ryan. Mm-hmm. House Witness by Mike Lawson. Oh. A Gambler's Jury by Victor Mithos. Only to Sleep by Lawrence Osborne. A Treacherous Curse by Deanna Rayburn. And the house guest. House guest. House guest. <laughs> and the winner that I have not mentioned yet, so it's not house guest. Oh. <laughs> is Down the River Unto the Sea by Walter Mosley. Mm. Which is interesting because Walter Mosley is a, a long-established 
uh, mystery writer with long running series and not that that's unheard of, but I was a little surprised that right that one yeah you know but yeah congratulations that's the, to, one of the few names I recognize yeah congratulations to Walter Mosley and Down the River Under the Sea we do have all that we mentioned here so if you'd like Woo. to check out any of these books come to your friendly neighborhood We're David A. Howe Public it. Library and do it all right let's see what's on the New York Times bestseller list Woo. we've all been right. away for a little while so I'm yeah. curious to see you what's you think there. there's going to be some changes but there will be some changes. Interesting. That's that's how I would market most movies. Like Avengers, yeah. I'd be like, you think things will change. And they also some will. Some things they, might. They okay. definitely yeah. expect, and they will. Right. <laughs> this is why I don't get hired to make movie posters or no. anything. No. Uh, I haven't no, been paid sir. for this podcast in yeah. over a year and a half. Really? Yeah. You should open your envelopes. Oh, my paychecks. Your paychecks, yeah. I have to open them. You do have to open them. That you explains do. all the debt. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yep. You're on some tough times. Yeah. I had to uh, sell three of my dogs. How many do you have left? None. I had three dogs. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what's on the New York Times bestseller list? Uh, do you know beagles can also technically be the Iditarod? No. They're normally food for the pack, but... <laughs> Sorry. A little dark humor that about a was, beagle I have. That was. He's fine. Very dark. Uh, all right, so the New York Times bestsellers list for hardcover fiction. Yeah. Uh, number 10 is a repeat. Uh, it's been here for four weeks. The Cornwalls Are Gone by James Patterson and Brendan Bois. Uh, an army intelligence officer must commit a crime or lose her kidnapped husband and daughter. Ooh. Yeah, so James Patterson is here at number 10. Hi, James. Um, <laughs> do you recognize this uh, co-author? Is this new? Brendan Brandon, oh, Brandon Bois. It was not one that I recognized. Yeah. All right. Uh, Clive Cussler is at number nine with Celtic Empire. Clive Cussler and Dirk Cussler. Interesting. Uh, the 25th book in the Dirk Pitt series. Dirk Pitt is feeling old these days. He's, yeah. He's got a bad back. He's long in the tooth. Yeah. yeah. Number long eight. Long in the tooth. The Silent Patient, which has been here for 11 weeks by Alex McKellides. Uh Theo Faber looks into the mystery of a famous painter who stops speaking after shooting her husband. Interesting. Yes. Her husband also stopped speaking after being shot yeah, by his that, wife. Yeah, that's usually how it works. Yeah. Harlan Coben is at number seven with Runaway by Harlan Coben. I just said Harlan Coben twice. Yeah, you did. That was actually a third time mm-hmm. for people really paying attention. But a family is torn apart when the daughter becomes addicted to drugs and goes missing. Might as well face it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Go on. Wow. <laughs> the th- okay. Number six. Two weeks on the list. Well, this is new to us because okay. we haven't been here in two weeks. Yeah, we haven't. Someone Knows by Lisa Scottaline. A dark secret emerges when Allie... Scottolini. What? Scottolini. Hmm? Lisa Scottolini. Why do you keep saying it? That's that's what it is. That's how I'm supposed to say you it? You said Scottaline. Yeah, I've been saying I've that for 192 episodes. Too, but I was talking to her people about uh, getting her to come here. Scottolini. And they were like, it's actually... And I was like, darn it. Uh, <laughs> so, Lisa Scottolini. A dark know. secret emerges when Allie Garvey... Garvey returns home to attend a childhood friend's funeral. Oh, geez. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm not prepared for when they twist sad at the end. Because really? I'm yeah. thinking of something yeah. funny and then I'm yeah. about to say it and then I laugh. Yeah. A mom and her daughter are enjoying a trip to the beach when they're murdered oh, no. by Big Bird oh. at the beach. Wow. <laughs> That's not what I wanted you to say at all. In the Big Bird murders. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, number five, new this week, Star Wars, Master and Apprentice by oh, Claudia yes. Gray. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I'm not surprised it made the list because I want to read it. I want to read it as well. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, I, I read Claudia Gray's uh, Bloodline, which was a Leia book. I love Leia. Mm-hmm. I thought that book was really lame. Oh, well, I read Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, and I really like that. And I don't like YA romance. Look, it's not a competition. I'm not, we're not, comp- it's not a competition. We're not competing. So on the cover is Qui-Gon and a young Phantom Menace era mm-hmm. uh, Obi-Wan. So mm-hmm. you still got Ewan McGregor in the ponytail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bond between Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi is tested when they go on a mission to the royal court of Pajal. Okay. I'm, I'm familiar with that planet. Me as well not. Ha, okay. Weird Yoda. Yoda's weird cousin who got hit on the head. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, this is one of the first Star Wars books in a while, I think, that I'm like, oh, I got to read that one. Really? Because, well, when they first started this Disney imprint, I was like, oh, I got to read all these. And then they just started doing a bunch that I was like, oh, I don't care. No, thanks. I don't care. But now this one, yeah. Lost Roses is at number four. Lost Roses 
by Martha Hall Kelly. In 1914, mm. a New York socialite, so, social, socialite, I can say it if you just give me a chance. Uh, the New York socialite Eliza Faraday works to help white Russian families escape from the revolution. Okay. But then they're murdered by Jack the Ripper dressed as Big Bird. <laughs> That's confusing. No, so wait, what are they running from? Uh, the Russian Revolution. A oh. Russian Revolution. A, a singular Russian Revolution. Okay. A revolution in 1914. Okay. So, and Faraday is a comic book name. That's cool. Faraday, right? Yeah. From D.C. All Maybe. right, give me nothing. All right, I'm, I don't remember. The, the, what, the guy with the white hair who smokes a lot. And it's like, hey, Wonder Woman, you got to go on a mission. I'm Faraday. <laughs> that guy. King Faraday? Yeah. A fictional secret agent featured in DC Comics? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Boy, I was left stranded there. Oh, there he is. Boy, he's a, he's a tough operator. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah. Now it's your turn, Martian Manhunter, yeah. to go on this mission. Faraday first appeared in Danger Trail Number 1, July 1950, mm-hmm. created by Robert Kaniger and Carmine Infantino. Yeah. How come you don't go on any dangerous missions, Faraday? I'm going to see my ex-wife for alimony paintings. You don't think that's dangerous? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Boy, halfway through, I'm like, you have to finish. You have to commit. You do have to go through it. (laughs) And I'm glad you did. All right. Number three, Normal People by Sally Rooney. Uh, normal people also, by the way, are the ones who just enjoyed that Faraday humor. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the connection between a high school star athlete and a loner ebbs and flows when they go to Trinity College in Dublin. Makes perfect sense. What, what? There's a lot there. There is. So it's high school, a high school star athlete and a loner. Yeah. But their connections are ebbing and flowing because they're going to Trinity College in yes. Dublin. But yep. where did they start? That's a good question. Are they native to Dublin? Maybe. And then they're just going to the school that's closest? It's entirely possible. <laughs> uh, well, remember, as we learned with Killer Chef, right. the little things that are written yeah, here are not that's always... Baloney. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is where the crowd ad sings. Again, made my wife very emotional. She mm-hmm. almost cried. She said really? she didn't. Really? But she Heart almost did. stone, that one. <laughs> And number one, is this new this week? Oh, my goodness, it is. Uh, <laughs> can I help you? You were like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. You sounded funny. That's number all. one, Redemption by David Baldacci, the fifth book in the Memory Man series. So get ready for this book to be on this top ten for a while. That's true. Uh, the first man Amos Decker put behind bars asked to have his name cleared. David- but if the Memory Man remembers anything, yeah. it's not to trust the first man he put behind bars. Big Bird. <laughs> <laughs> David Baldacci is one of those things that I would put in say same category with like a yeah, Doctor Who where it's super popular uh-huh. and I don't understand the appeal. Wow. That that's those are two very different examples. David Baldacci yeah, and um, Doctor I know, Who. But it's the same kind of thing. It was just passionate fan I base. think you don't like Doctor Who because sometimes he's like, "Oh look, I found a cabbage, but it's actually a Tyrannosaurus space monster." Well, yeah, that's true. I think you got it. Beltacci <laughs> does similar things. Yeah. No, he's just a terrible writer. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Jeez. Oh. Uh, you can find Nick at... <laughs> uh, all right. Is that it for the New York Times I, bestseller list? It better be. I don't think we can alienate anymore. Jeez. David Baldacci, number one on the New York Times bestseller I list. So. There's Jess. Oh, wow. How'd all she right, know? Let's do it. Let's talk How'd Jessica Island? know? Uh, because I texted her. Oh, cool. Yeah, technology. All right. As promised at the top of the show, Jessica Weischek is joining us. Woo! I said your name, but I can't spell it. <laughs> so yeah. Most people can't. All right. That's, that's fine. So Jess and I uh, were looking for, we had a hold in the schedule in the auditorium, and we were trying to find something cool and theatrical to do. And how did you come across the, is it the Hampstead Theater group? Hampstead Theater Company. Yeah. Hampstead Stage Company. Yeah. Um, our children's librarian, Kate, actually gave me a website to look at programs and prospects Mm -hmm. and they had done the secret garden years ago okay and i've gotten their website and they were still legit still going strong and yep they still come in our area and they were doing just happened to be doing treasure island until may 5th actually oh wow so we just made it just made it it. yeah they still had saturday open and yep and i was saying at the top of the show it's just a two two person group that yep. goes through and plays all the roles and everything. So anyway, cool. we got this scheduled for the auditorium, and then we sort of got to talking about it, and none of us had read the book, which, and I don't even That's think, true. Now, I know you've 
Eric's read all the illustrated classics. Did you did you read those as a kid? The little no. like oh okay. No. <laughs> See, I loved those. They had them. I feel like I got them at the pharmacy where it was like little tiny paperbacks. You mm. know what I mean? Is that what you had? I had like a box set that had a bunch of them, and then my library just of had the a big bunch. hardcover or no? Well, yeah. both. Mine were I had like little tiny, yeah. almost like the size Squares. of like a piece of bread. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be every other page was a picture, and they yeah. were heavily abridged, of course. But I didn't even read the Treasure Island of that. I, I'm pretty sure I read Kidnapped and uh, uh, what's his other big one? Jekyll and Hyde. Oh. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Too scary. But I don't think that I ever read Treasure Island. Mm. So my only experience with Treasure Island would be anybody care to guess? The, the Muppets. Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we start there? Who, what did you guys Should see? we? Because yeah. the three movies I'm familiar with yeah. are all Disney. Really? Yes. Okay. So there's the Treasure Island movie. Well, I thought we could talk a little bit about how we first, like, we're aware, oh, okay. we're aware of the right. story. Right. So, I mean, for me, it was either the Long John Silver's fast food ch- fish chain. Right. Mm, <laughs> sure. Or the Muppets. But, I, yeah, the Muppets was the first thing I saw. What about you, Jess? I think I always knew it was a story. I just never... Have you seen Muppet Treasure Island? Parts of it. Oh, my gosh. It's actually... Uh, I looked for Stop it when I was everything. reading it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's super fun. Yeah. What about you? I think it's a Drew Struzan uh, poster, too. Is it? Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Because he, right. um, he, he commented in his book that when you just take pictures... When you just use photos of the Muppets, yeah. they're just fabric right. and everything. But when you... So he, like, draws life into them. That's so. cool. Was it was it Muppets for you? Yeah, though I feel like I had to see something else. See, I've, I've never read the book, so maybe I just like look through the Treasure Island illustrated classic and okay. look at the pictures without actually reading it. See, now I I love the classic Disney films like fifties and sixties, like mm-hmm. Swiss Family Robinson. Have you guys seen the live action? No, Swiss really? Yeah, you? Not me? No. Oh my gosh, that's one of my favorites. I love all of those, though. Escape mm-hmm. to Witch Mountain and all that. The first one they did was Treasure Island. Yes. Which and, is Disney. Yeah, which is Disney. And I've never seen it. I don't know uh, why, but wow. I never have. So it's really just the Muppets is the only my only really, like, experience with this story. Okay. Um, all right, so let, why don't we jump in? Why don't we jump in and talk about the book a little bit, and then uh, we'll, we can come back around to some other, some other things. All right, so first... I was looking into the book a little bit, mm-hmm. just about how it, how it came about. All right. Robert Louis Stevenson is the author, born in 1850. Uh, he's Scottish. His father was a very famous uh, engineer and inventor. His grandpa, also an inventor. So he came from this line, and he was writing. And he was trying to sort of make a go of it. You know, he, was, he was about 30 when he wrote it. Um, just trying to make a go of writing. wasn't really working. And then he got like this picture in his mind of an island. And so he actually drew this elaborate island and thought, well, that's Treasure Island. And then the, the story just kind of came from that, like mm-hmm. his, his initial thing with drawing this island. And then the original map, when he sent it into the publisher and all that, was lost, so he had to recreate it and was never oh. able to get it like quite right. Just like according, the story. Know, according to the original. So this is another that was originally published in installments in a magazine form, mm. which I actually didn't pick up on that. Did you guys? I like Boy's that. Life? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I like, don't know. pacing wise pacing wise sometimes like with the Asimov book we read you really could tell that it was like this is the first one this is the second one I thought this one had a pretty nice flow it didn't it didn't feel particularly like slow or uh, Eric you you did it in one sitting right I did it in one sitting oh yeah I lost that whole day Um, (laughs) it's you definitely know it's an older book because it starts with the character explaining why he's even writing this book. Yeah. Which is an old, an old who's like, I've just, I've been asked to record yeah. everything that's happened yeah. and to tell the truth. It's that's like, true. you could just, yeah, it's, it's funny. You don't see that a lot. Animorphs actually started with that. Was that written by Robert Louis Stevenson as well? Animorphs? Yeah. No. Oh, no. There's no Treasure Island stuff in Animorphs. Um, what was your question? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good the point. The pacing. Well, we were talking about pacing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have guessed it was um, written in magazine and No, and you said you said it felt like an old book. Yeah. Did you find that, Jess? Did yeah. it feel old timey to you? Okay. Yeah. I I mean I there was certain old timey yourself. You're right. <laughs> I was sitting in a rocking chair, uh, <laughs> winding my Vitrola, playing my '78 records. Yeah. Uh, while, while petting your old hound dog. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. about who's Steady the oldest is at the boy. table right here. That would be me. You're older? I'm You're older, older than me? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I actually didn't... I, I thought that it held up pretty pretty well. Like, I, I didn't... It didn't feel stuffy to me, which is kind of mm-hmm. what I thought it would be. 
I thought having Jim, Jim Hawkins, as the center of this book, I guess maybe we should tell, if you're not familiar with Treasure Island, do you want to summarize it for us? The look of panic in Eric's eyes when I Jim just Hawkins that to him. finds a treasure map, gets a crew together yeah. that includes some uh, yeah, Nerdy Wells. Yeah. They find Treasure Island very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a mutiny. Yeah. And he they have to find the treasure before the mutineers. And Jim gets a little caught in the middle because of his yeah. relationship with Long John and his loyalty to the captain. Yeah. I, no, in I mean, the, in this original response. book, yeah. I did not pick up on like Jim and. Uh, Long John Silver having any like father son or friend relationship no, at don't all. I think it was a father son relationship, but I think that I think that at least in, despite everything else that was going on and where Long John's like loyalties were, I I always felt like he really did like Jim. Oh, you didn't, didn't find that? I didn't find that at all. What do you think, Jess? I thought so. Yeah. Oh well. I, and I think that's I think that for me was one of the more interesting elements of it because yeah you're right I mean Jim. Basically, was it is it Billy Bones who comes in and he has the black spot? And yeah. It's his map, and it's just Jim and the mom, mm-hmm. and they're like going through trying to find this before like everybody comes, and yeah. so Jim is just automatically thrust into yeah. the middle of this, kind of not against his will necessarily, but I don't think he was yeah. setting out to like do this sort of thing, and so he has to sort of mm-hmm. think on his feet and go along, <laughs> which I think is an interesting way like to get into the story. Sure, I think if you didn't have I think that's what sets it apart, having a younger primary character be the what gets things going. Right. You know, I, I liked that. Like, reading it, I thought that was cool, right. that that was what was driving it. Sure. And I think that Long John, as a character, is is unique in that, probably maybe more unique for his time, because now that's become kind of an archetype, the sort of roguish like you can't yeah. really trust him but you still like him but I think that's a lot more common now than it would have been uh, you know in, in the late 1800s when mm-hmm. this was written but let's talk about Long John for a little bit what did you think of him? It's fine I didn't like reading his dialogue <laughs> the the dialogue in the book like the pirate dialogue oh I'm like just the, like oh like boy I'm mean. sure this is real yeah. I didn't. it didn't make for good reading yeah. in my opinion I don't know I just I felt like everything in the book is better elsewhere, hmm. including Long John Silver. Oh, you're right. It's a good thing Robert Louis Stevenson is long dead. You're really, <laughs> no, you're I, really yeah, I just it didn't. I mean, he. I don't know. It, I guess you're right because it's been done so many times. So yeah. it feels kind of tired, even going back to the original ones. Like, oh, he's a scallywag, but mm-hmm. he's got a good heart, but he'll also slit your throat, but he'll also pet a kitten. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. he's got a parrot. Yeah. So, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I don't know, Jess. What about you, Long John? Was he like was it, was that a character you enjoyed reading? What did they say about his face? It's it's like the size of a ham. And I was like, that's pretty good descriptive though, because yeah. like I then just imagine a giant like yeah. cooked ham yeah. on his head. I'm like, that's what he looks like. Yeah, he looks like a ham with eyes. Did you picture him as a ham with eyes, Jessica? No, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that classic. It's the classic literature description. Yeah, and yeah. that's where it was like, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow, I think I like this book more than either of you. Did yes. you guys not like it? I liked it. I mean, it's a good story, but uh-huh. it is, it's the older feel. Okay. It's just not like the modern I think, books now. I think it's too long for its own good. Well. But maybe that's more, but maybe that's because it was separated. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize be. that was happening. I, I just think, like, we get to Treasure Island very quickly. Yeah. But then... They just kind of faff about for a long well, time. Yeah, but I liked I liked the stuff with the castaway who was stuck on the island. Yeah, like who'd been marooned by Long John's previous crew. Yeah, like or Flint is it Flint? Flint's, Flint's treasure is the one that they're yeah, looking for, right? Yeah. yeah, I liked I liked that Jim comes across this guy, and I I thought his I was never quite sure where his loyalties were, like because mm-hmm. Jim was very forthright with him and very trusting with him from the beginning. I don't remember this character's name. I liked you guys? the Ben Gun. Okay, like the big fight. Between Jim and whatever his name was on the uh, ship, uh-huh. shot him right in the face. Yeah, it's like I'll blow your brains out, and then yeah. it does with two <laughs> pistols. It's like, huh? I don't. Intense. I abhor violence, but okay, that, that worked for you. That so, worked. Yeah. yeah, but uh, so Jim, Jim and Ben on the island, he's just kind of like, here's everything that you need to know. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh, that's so naive. That's a bad idea, you know, because mm-hmm. this guy's been trapped on an island for three years. Yeah. He just wants to get off. Like, yeah. he's not gonna. I don't think he's going to stay loyal yeah. to Jim. I think he's going to think, how do I get my crazy self yeah. and my money off of this island? Yeah. So that was a little tense. I also, I, cheese wouldn't have been what I wanted. 
Because he was like, yeah. all I ever want is a piece of cheese. I'm like, cheese. out of all the pieces of food you could yeah. ask for if somebody has, yeah. you just want cheese? cheese. I would, yeah, it seems like cheese. It really seems like cheese would make you sick yeah. after that long, like, yeah. without. Your body yeah. doesn't but really handle dairy well. He's not being so, rational. You yeah. know, but what would you want? I don't know, something cooked, something warm. Yeah. You probably haven't had a hot meal in a long time. I, I mean, I think mine would be the obvious, would be pizza. You know, pizza, I would yeah. want, like, a nice... A nice thick yeah. cheese pizza, mm-hmm. but that's just me. Yeah, let's talk more about long. Wait, time. that's cheese though. Yeah, you're right. It you're is gonna cheese. have the same problem. Okay, but it's bread with a layer right. of cheese. So it's you, not just like a. So yeah. as long as they give you like a maybe like even cheesy breadsticks. Yeah, you'd be happy. I would be okay with cheesy breadsticks. Absolutely, <laughs> I would. Absolutely, I would. But so if they just had mustard on board. I'd probably drink that thing like it was water. Yeah. Okay. So just mustard. I thought that Long John was a little bit more... He came across a little bit more... I don't know. He Hammy. always seems to be... Yeah, kind of. He always seems to be... A, I always picture him as a very cool, like, smooth character. Is that how you picture him? Yeah, I guess maybe he, just because of Tim Curry and the Muppets. I was just going to say, that's... I guess reading Long John and Silver, I'm like, oh, this is like your friend's dad who's right. like yeah. trying to be cooler than he is and it's yeah. obnoxious. He's like yeah. maybe a car salesman. Right. He's obnoxious, uh-huh. so I guess I had a negative experience with that cool cat. Well, I didn't. That's what I mean. Like, well, you got there. Ten, yeah. ten speed, cool. Reading the book, I had always kind of interpreted before I read the book. I had pictured the character of Long John as a cool, a cool like cat. a smooth operator who was yeah. just gonna like get in there and get the job done and like be cool above other things. But he was right. just kind John of John Travolta as Long yeah, John Silver. Yeah, hey, everyone, but he was just kind of a. I don't know. He was a little like cowardly, and like yeah. he doesn't really have a good ending in the book. Like no, he doesn't he just disappears. He it's, doesn't end heroic. It's no. kind of like well, Long John's gone. Yeah. You know, spoiler alert. The book's like two hundred years old. So is it two hundred? No, you're on our case about it feeling like it's an old book, and you're saying no, it's, it's like no, it's like hundred and thirty years old. Probably oh, written my in word. Like, eighteen eighty something like that. Yeah, okay. so it's old. Yeah, yeah. Don't I know it? It's as old as your jokes. <laughs> no, oh, you're not gonna. <laughs> no high five on that. Nope. One. No high five on that one. Nope. Well, I actually, I mean, I thought that it moved pretty well. I, I liked Jim. Um, I don't. I didn't really feel like many of the supporting characters stood out to me that much. No. Uh, I guess I, the captain. Yeah, had a personality. But, but yeah, but he was still pretty like. Wasn't that much? There wasn't much to him. Like he was kind of just the the traditional like honorable captain. Yeah. Again, he just he felt like an archetype to me. But it's hard. It's hard to judge a book at a time when archetypes are being developed hmm. you know it's hard to use today's interaction with that character as what it would have been mm-hmm. written as originally but right. I think overall uh, I don't I don't know that I would like give this to a 13 year old kid and be like prepare to be dazzled you know because I don't know well, what are do you, you think are I mean, you homeschooled you'll probably enjoy Treasure Island that's weird no it's cause alright alright but I mean <laughs> would you would you no. suggest it to no. Kid. no, I want that child to keep reading. Right. So, you no, I would not give would. them Treasure Island today. But I think the story is still good. Yeah. So, you I know, maybe, maybe like find a, a better pirate book then. Yeah, a there's newer not, pirate book. I was looking at the different adaptations, and there's not a ton of, uh, there's not a ton of adaptations of this yeah. uh, that are recent. I mean, there's a lot of it's a lot I'll of give them old Pirates school. Latitude. The by Michael, Michael Crichton <laughs> book. No, no, thank you. Uh, so let's look a little bit at the adaptation. So first of all, there are many prequels and sequels that were written by a variety of authors over Woo! the years. Um, Robert Louis Stevenson's play, Admiral Guinea, which was published in 1892, um, features Pew. Do you remember Pew? He's the, he's the old blind, blind pirate. Yeah. Gets run over by some horses. Pew is a, is a character in his play. So that's the only time that Stevenson himself ever really, yeah. like mess with these characters again outside of a short story where he has puppets of Captain Smollett and uh, Long John talking. So that's the only time Stevenson himself like addressed it. Uh, there are many there are many different things. A.W. or A.D. Howden Smith wrote a prequel called Portobello Gold that tells the origin of the buried treasure. That was probably the earliest. That was in the 20s. Uh, and then there's many, many more since then, uh, including one in um, 2012 by Andrew Motion called Silver Return to Treasure Island. So, I mean, over the years, this has been gone back to many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Captain Hook 
uh, mentions Long John Silver in Peter Pan, like, as a character. Oh. So, like, there's a loose connection there, but I think it was really just, you know, J.M. Barry sort of including a nod to that. Sure. Uh, so it's not an Avengers-style pirate universe, if that's, yeah. what, if that's what you're wondering. Huh. I no, I guess that's the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah, I guess so. they had Blackbeard in the fourth film? I guess so. Oh. What? This says in Blade Runner 2049, which I didn't see. I didn't see either. Deckard explicitly references Ben Gunn's craving for cheese upon his first meeting of the protagonist. So What a literate film. I guess, yeah, I guess there you go. Um, as I mentioned, the only movie that I've seen is The Muppets. Uh, and I feel like I've seen Treasure Planet. Okay. So there's the the old Disney film that we have in the library. Uh-huh. That, oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Blackbeard's Ghost, aren't I? What's the one with the guy who looks like he's got a red nose? Oh, that's Blackbeard's Ghost. Oh, yeah. never mind. The Disney movie, um, I think it's from the 50s, I want to yeah. say. Um, yeah, 1950. Bobby Driscoll, who was the voice of Peter Pan. Yeah. And Robert Newton. Yep. Yeah. So... Walt Disney does this Treasure Island movie, and then probably some others that we don't know about. Uh-huh. But by the time uh, Muppet Treasure Island's out, Disney owns the Muppets. Oh, so this is Disney doing Treasure Island again. Yeah, and then they go and do the animated film Treasure Planet. Yeah, so, huh? I guess they've done it a lot, but there's yeah. not like a Treasure Island setup at Disney, is there? I don't no. think they really do that. There no. is a sequel mm. to the. Uh, there's a sequel to the original Disney movie called uh, Long John Silver. Yeah. And it's not made by Disney, but it oh. uses the same cast. And then it went on to also <laughs> be a TV series. Cool. With some of that. So, wow. yeah, I guess there is a whole interconnected All right, which Treasure work. Island movie are we talking about right now? Treasure Planet. Oh, boy. Take it away. Have you uh, seen Treasure Planet, Jess? I have not. Really? Treasure Planet, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's. Is it is true? the the main kid oh. Martin Short's in there as yeah. a robot? He's yeah. the stranded one yeah. on the island. Yeah. He has like a breakdown. Right. I don't think anybody plays anybody important plays Long John Silver. I could be wrong, hmm. but he's I like he's got a robot and he he has like a robot leg and a squishy little metamorphosis blob thing as a pirate. Wow. Um, a parrot? You mean? Yeah, as a parrot. And there's a song in there by the Goo Goo Dolls. I think it's just John Resnick's solo, but yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well. That is a good cast. David Hyde Pierce is Delbert Doppler. Hmm. Emma Thompson is in it. She plays the captain. Yes. Uh, Brian Murray. Oh, like Brian Doyle Murray? I don't know. We're just saying names now. Hmm. Look, Treasure Planet no. is not an exciting or good movie. Is it's, it not? It's pretty lame. This hmm. came out maybe like right after Dinosaur. Hmm. I can't remember exactly. That's a bad time. This, yeah, this was in between where Tarzan slash Lilo and Stitch ended the good animated Mm, Disney mm -hmm, and -hmm. before, like, Frozen, you know, put them back on the map. Hmm. Or Tangled or uh, Princess and the Frog. I love this. This was that rough Home on the Range Brother Bear. I think this is one that has, like, a a small but passionate fan base. There's some people who love Everybody has to. People, nah, anyway. There's so many, though. There's there's a there's a 1990s one with Charlton Heston and Christian Bale. Huh. <laughs> so there's a million adaptations of this. Not many are successful. And nothing all that recent as no, well. The Walt Disney movie is skippable, the animated Treasure planet. planet. I remember there were, like, the animation style was kind of impressive because I think the planet and all the gold and everything was CGI. Okay. But I remember just being real bored by it as a kid. Mm. And I would have I been, like, 15 Okay. Or something, 15 or 16. So, I knew people in college who watched it yeah, willingly. I know, apart I know from that I've else. seen it. I know that I've seen it because I remember Martin Short, but it didn't do much for me. All right. But that, I love the soundtrack to the uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, Muppet Treasure Island's good. And you haven't seen this, Jess? I haven't. You gotta stop. It's the Muppets. We're gonna play some old for you. This was That's right required. after um, Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. It's where like, Disney was treating the Muppets as like actors who then like yeah. just did other movies and I wish they would have continued that because yeah. they just did the two and then it was Muppets from Space Yeah, and they didn't do another book adaptation Muppet Treasure Island is, I feel like is more comedy than yeah, Christmas Carol true. is but it's funny because I've seen Christmas Carol mm-hmm. hundreds more yeah. times than Treasure it is great <laughs> yeah than, than uh, Treasure Island yeah. and they didn't do another book adaptation until Muppets Wizard of Oz which no one liked yeah so. but Treasure Island's nice because it keeps up with the uh the Rizzo Gonzo yeah. uh, two person act and yeah uh, it really is a good yeah there's um well Miss just Piggy has some good stuff but Tim Curry is also great oh yeah in it so he I kept up that say. tradition of where Michael Caine yep. did like a really good Scrooge Absolutely. and then Tim Curry's like no I'm this is a real movie I'm yeah. really doing this I mean 
it's he he gets to be funnier yeah. than Michael Caine got to be yeah but but they both I think are stand out as like some of the best who have played those characters and they played them in Muppet movies which is, yeah which is interesting yeah, I was thinking about uh, and I think Muppet Treasure Island is the one where I'm like oh Long John Silver and Jim are like friends and have like yeah uh, like this almost father son or whatever kind of relationship yeah it and gets it gets a good relationship he's a he's a mentor yeah at least but there's yeah. also the Cabin Fever musical number. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Yeah. And I remember the whole, like, I'm not Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, Jim, Jim. He yeah. is Jimmy, Jimmy, Jim, Classic. Jim, Jim, Jim. Classic. So that's, yeah. And then I was reading the book, and when, uh, who's the guy who comes in and is like, uh, who keeps drinking and has this story and everything? Mm -hmm. Who is it in the book the, at the beginning? Oh. Bill? Yeah, Billy, Billy. Whatever. Billy Bones? Bill. Is that Billy Bones? Billy Bones, yeah. yeah. In the movie, in Muppet Treasure Island when he dies. Yeah. They, they're still. They look kind of sad for a second, but then one of them is just like, "We're in the room with a dead guy!" Yeah. and they freak out. Yeah, so that yeah, was that's great. So, all right. So the final, what is our final takeaway from Treasure Island? Jason. I liked it. I thought it held up pretty well. Uh, I don't think that I would hand it to like a teenager and be like, "Here you go, my friend." But I think you know, as a work of literature, as a work of fiction, I think that it's stood the test of time for you know 130 years or whatever that it's been around. What about you, Jess? What do you think? I have to agree. I thought it was good. Same. I wouldn't, like, <laughs> pass it to somebody and be like, you have to read mm -hmm. this. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but right. it was, yeah. like, it's just, it's a literary classic. Yeah. But it's, it's good. Yeah, it's one that I'm, like, now I'm glad that I've read it. You know, that yeah. I've sat down and I read it from cover read to cover. <laughs> it doesn't make me want to, like, I was just looking at some of his other novels here, um, and I don't think any, I'm, yeah, I guess you could make the case that Jekyll and Hyde is is as well regarded as this one but uh, Kidnap is sort of up there but the rest of them The Black Arrow The Master of Ballantrae The Wrong Box The Wrecker a lot of them that are out there that never quite reached that success and Treasure Island wasn't wasn't written in a way that made me want to go out and like rediscover Robert Louis Stevenson yes, either so exactly. you know what about you Eric I think I know but uh, I like um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde mm -hmm. but it's also a book that doesn't really get interesting until like the second half where Mr. Hyde is like here's my story yeah. which also happens with Frankenstein mm. so I guess maybe these everybody was putting them in magazines and this was like the thing um I don't know Jekyll Dr. The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is also very short it's shorter yes. than Treasure Island it sure is it's a novella yeah um and it's written for adults too yeah. whereas you know I think that's his more yeah I mean novel. I think I mean I'm guess I'm glad I've read Treasure Island because now I can feel snooty at parties. Um, Does that come up a lot? People are like, oh, he hasn't even read Treasure Island. Like, <laughs> Not too much. Okay. Uh, but on Goodreads, oh, really? a lot of my Goodreads friends yeah. who I never see update their actual books have all marked Treasure Island and marked mm. it five or four stars and I can be like, uh, that's BS. You, you, this, you did not read Treasure Island and think this was a five star read. So and if you did... I don't have anything else to say to I you. I think that I gave it four stars, but uh, I think it was more like, maybe you, like three stars you, enjoyment, you like one star that, appreciation. That kind of old-fashioned, like, just, I don't know, I'm like these type for, like, of adventure, adventure books. Adventure yeah. books, yeah. So, I like a good shipwreck. I think it helps that I've seen puppets. Yeah. I think it helps that I play the game Sea of Thieves. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't give this to a kid. I don't even, I don't, wouldn't even really tell an adult, like, oh, you have to read Treasure yeah. Island if you want to be a litter. I think it'd be like, it's probably. But, I mean, the thing is, it's it's a quick read. Yeah. And you know, it's it's a good it's a beach read. How about yeah. that? Just sit down mm -hmm. and read through Treasure Island. I listened to a lot of it on audiobook. The the copy on Overdriver Libby that we have through our library is read by Alfred Molina, mm -hmm. and he did an excellent job. Yeah. Reading it, so that made it kind of yeah. Fun. It's it's just one of those older older styles that's just goes on a little bit too long for that style. Yeah. I could see me, that. Puts me to sleep did, more than I, it. It's not. I didn't feel bored. But when it was over and done, I think that you could have you could have tightened it up, and it mm -hmm. would have moved. It would have made for a better story, I think, if it was, yeah. you know, Just even it, fifty it, pages shorter. It wrapped up. Yes, fast too. Yeah, it was that's like, true. Oh, we're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> magazine? Would, again, it would make, but it would make sense for a magazine too. That like, you know, yeah. you got basically one column to end this thing. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. Who knows? Treasure Who knows? Island. We have multiple copies in our system. We have many movie versions of it that you can get. You can get the audiobook from Overdrive or Libby. 
Uh, and his other books we have as well, Kidnaps, uh, yeah. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and all that. And again, you can catch the Hampstead... Hampstead Stage Company, Saturday, Ooh. May 4th at 2 p.m. Performing PM. Battlefield Earth. No, no. That's, a, that's a different thing. <laughs> okay. They're going to be doing Treasure Island. All right. all right, let's talk some library news. Jess, what else is coming up in the auditorium? We have um, Sailor Ramirez and Doug Robinson. Mm-hmm. Crimson's coming up Thursday, May 9th at 7. I really, they, they were here last year, and I thought they were great. Did you, did you hear them last year? I haven't. They're very good. Latin and world music. Yeah. Sounds very interesting. Yeah, yeah they, do, they do a nice job, definitely. All right, Eric, what about you? We are showing the kid who will be ki- would be king. Which one? It doesn't matter. The kid is going to be king by the end of the right. movie. Spoilers. Uh, we're showing that May 3rd at 3.30. And this is the new uh, take on King Arthur. This is like the middle school kid right. finds out he's King Arthur, and like this high schooler is Merlin, but it's actually uh, Patrick Stewart right. in disguise. That's the only thing that makes me think, well, maybe I should watch yeah. it. Uh, yeah. It, I think it looks... Like I think it looks like the same kids who like the Goonies in the '80s. I was just gonna say it looks like a throwback yes. to me. It looks like something that would come out yeah. when I was a kid. But now I don't know. So no, but nobody's gonna give it a chance now. Yeah. Um, Sad. But that's happening. Uh, our teen photo show is up, so you can come and vote on the photos. And when um, is the reception for that? I just put my phone down and oh, my sorry. computer calendar. Oh, my computer calendar's up. May seventh. Okay. So that's a week from today is going to be our reception, which okay. is at. 6.30. All right. Um, and so that's usually like an hour or an hour and a half where people nice. can just hang out and there's some refreshments and you can talk to our judge, Brian Oglesby, who uh, loves talking to uh, everybody who's entered and talk about their work and uh, they can bring in their more work and show it off. And then we have Teen Night on Wednesdays and Kids Night on Tuesdays. Great. So well, Our monthly craft classes continue. Craft class! As usual... The book club is at it again with a Neuromancer. Neuromancer. George Gibson's Neuromancer. We're going to be reading that. Well, our listeners can do that, too. It's a book club in That's true. throughout the world. That's true. So we're going to be reading that and discussing it here at the end of May. But mm-hmm. you can also send us your comments uh, yeah. at Facebook, David A. Howe Public Library, Twitter, at All the Book Show. Or you can send us an old email at wellsville at stls.org. Yeah. Anything else for the good of the podcast, Erica? Neuro... I see what you did there. That time I did. Neuromancer, uh, people think, may have, like created how we decided to interact with the internet really like in terms of its interface and everything interesting so so you think this time around you'll like it i think i went in expecting something completely different and i was in a bad mood and everything so mm. this time yeah i'm gonna go in with a different yeah, you're headspace moody. you're a moody sort so it's it's um cyberpunk hmm. it's early, it's cyberpunk and it's considered like the great cyberpunk story and i like cyberpunk but i've yet to find like a real cyberpunk story that i love so hmm. i'm hoping maybe this will be the one All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, Jess, for joining us. We'll see you next week.